I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is going on, everybody? My name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and this is Rates Quit, the video game discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, and today's subject is first-person shooter games. First thing I'd like to say is that I'm glad that I kept my promise because in the last episode I spoke about The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. I took a little bit of time to explain to everybody what I've been up to because, you know, I took another long hiatus ever since I did the episode with Wiley, a.k.a. The Venomous Stare on MLB The Show. But, uh, again, I, I received an extension from one of those uh, companies, uh, IT uh, company that, you know, is, is offering me a sponsorship for this show. So, I figured because... They were willing to give me an extension, and they were really patient with me. That I really got to take this more seriously. I really got to be more committed to the show. I got to be as committed to the show as I am with Engineer FC, Cowboys Talk, as well as my pro wrestling show, Wrestling with a Bear. Anyway, first-person shooter games, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there's a huge influence in my life in video games. Although playing first-person shooter games at young at a young age really had my parents worried. Well, I like to tell them, well. I turned out alright, didn't I? <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, my first game system was the Nintendo 64. And, of course, the very, the very first first-person shooter game I ever played, which really got me hooked, was none other, th- none other than 007 GoldenEye. Well, once I played that, got into it, well, my passion for first-person shooter games was officially on... And I knew that it was only going to grow and grow and grow and grow. I would soon be introduced to a game called Perfect Dark, which actually is kind of an alternate to 007 GoldenEye. Perfect Dark on the N64 was actually created by the same company that actually made 007 GoldenEye. I believe the company's name is Rare, if I'm correct. (laughs) But... And what's funny in Perfect Dark is that, you know, the protagonist, her name is Joanna Dark. She's a secret agent, and it's it's just so different. I mean, the similarity, the the similarity, excuse me, I just can't speak today. I'm so sorry. The similarities to that game is that, you know, it's it's like the the play style. I mean, the controls are, are all the same, but... The plots are just totally different because in Perfect Dark it involves like you know an alien like alien races at war. It's like these extraterrestrial kind of things. I mean, all these things have to do with life on Earth and life in outer space. So it's definitely mis- mysterious. But but Perfect Dark kind of like focuses more. It, it focuses its plot more on like you know space stuff. You know, alien stuff like kind of like space fiction or like sci- space science or whatever you want to call it. But uh, but both games were fantastic, so those two games were definitely the main first-person shooter games that got me started, but there was also Duke Nukem on the N64, that was also a first-person shooter game I played, you know, not long after, when Duke Nukem Zero Hour came out, it actually, much to my surprise, was not a first-person shooter game, but rather a third-person. There was also that game, well, I think, y'all remember Rainbow Six on the N64, I can't remember exactly, like, was it, I, I, I'm sure there was the option to play in first person and in third person, maybe you can switch, but 
I just know that these three games, these four games, excuse me, that I'm talking about, I mean, that's what really got me to the uh, shooting games, if you want to put it that way. Anyway, so once I moved, got through the N64, then, you know, got on the Xbox, you know, when Halo came out, I mean, I knew that my first-person shooter passion was only going to get better and better and better. And because I was still young, I mean, that's where my parents were really worrying about me. I mean, when I was playing 007 Goldeneye, my mom would see me play it. She would say, you know, this is a violent game. This is inappropriate. It's just not cool. I mean, my mom was really worried about me because... You know, playing those violent games and then me imitating, you know, having a gun and things like that. I mean, that worried her, which I totally understand, but uh, th thankfully nothing bad ever happened. But 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 I did have an obsession with, with shooting games, so. Like I said, nothing bad ever happened, so. I turned out alright, so I guess that's what matters, but. Anyway. Now, as far as the Xbox goes... The first person shooter game that I, the first one I had played on the Xbox was actually, Halo was def, was probably the first major one. I mean, Halo was probably the most popular first person shooter game I had on the Xbox. Or maybe I should say the first very popular first person shooter game that I played was Halo. But there was also 007 Agent Under Fire, 007 Nightfire. The House of the Dead 3, which, much to my surprise, was actually on the Xbox, because when you think of the House of the Dead, it's it's all arcade stuff, so, yeah. But that was it during that time. I'm sure there was other ones that I had interest in, besides Halo. You know, there was Halo, then eventually Halo 2, but then after that I kind of stepped away from Halo. I actually, I've actually never ever played Halo 3. At least I never played the plot. I'm sure I played multiplayer, but that's it. Because when it comes to Halo 1 and 2, I did actually play the campaigns. That, that, that's just the kind of guy I am. Especially when it comes to the Call of Duty games, I always played the campaigns. <laughs> but anyway. As I got deeper and deeper and deeper with these first-person shooter games... I mean, really, the interest just got even better. Like, I would make, like, these missions to basically, like, study the game as best as I can. Try out these, these certain tactics. Like, I had these tactics when I was playing, playing these games, especially Halo. I'm not sure exactly how to explain what I was doing. I, I just knew that even though I was a kid, I, I probably should have been understanding those kinds of things. I would play the game realistically, like... I would know to conserve my ammo. I would know when to throw a grenade. When would be the best time to use a grenade or not. I would know like wh whether I should use this weapon or not. I basically knew how to flank, uh, flank uh, opponents and things like that. I mean, I was really developing these skills that were not really usual for a boy, you know, between the ages of 10 and about 12 years old. Maybe I learned that from gamers who were older than me because I did get some advice from them. I mean, that maybe that's it, but uh, but I was not your average child gamer. I was a little bit more advanced. I was a bit more knowledgeable and, and better skilled. If that makes any sense. Sorry, I had to take a deep breath, but you know, the adrenaline is rushing. I mean, the goosebumps on my arms. I mean, the nostalgia is happening, folks. The nostalgia is happening. 
So what I liked most about Halo was mainly the adventure. And obviously the challenge. But the weaponry in the game was pretty cool. But when I think of the Halo, when I think of Halo, I mean, the fact that you're in this universe, you're in this, you know, ring that's moving, I mean, it's it's all amazing, but the playing Halo multiplayer was really fun. You know, and on the episode on the first episode of the show when I uh had the Gaming Roots episode with Wiley, aka the Venomous Stare, I would actually talk about how much fun it was playing multiplayer Halo. I even mentioned the fact that there was a though there was a friend of mine who I would play with that was it was he was such a pain in the butt to play Halo with that I I was scared that if I kept playing with him, playing that game with him, playing multiplayer Halo with him, I would lose my passion for Halo because it was always the same cry: "You're screen watching, you're screen watching." I mean, eventually I would just tell him, "Dude, just shut up, seriously," because it's part of the damn game. And Wiley explained that in the gaming roots, okay. I mean, it's not so bad, but if you're if you're deliberately looking to see where he spawns and take that wheezy way out, well then fine, okay. But that was not the case for me. All right. Sometimes you have to be ahead. You know, no, not sometimes. You always want to be at least one step ahead of your opponent. Okay, that's merely what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> but really, I mean, for him to just be like that, even though he was deliberately looking at my screen screen all the time, he was getting on to me because I, he was accusing me of screen watching. Okay. Such bullshit. I mean, it, it drove me crazy, to be honest. It, it drove me freaking crazy. But anyway, I want to get back to the positivity, but... But Halo 1 and 2 were absolutely amazing. Okay. Now, as far after that... Now, those are games in 2005. Now, that was a first-person shooter game I still love to this day. As a matter of fact, if only, if only, if only... You can buy it... On the P on the PlayStation Network, I'm sure you can probably buy it on the uh, Xbox Microsoft Network because that game was only on the X. It was actually it first came out on, on the PC, but then eventually it came out on the Xbox. Um, now this game, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about Half Life, and I will talk about Half Life in a bit, but I'm talking about Doom Three. You know, I'm going to disappoint a great many of you because I've never played the first two Dooms. I know, I know. What the hell's the matter with me, right? But when I was introduced to Doom 3, I mean, I now I knew that my life had changed for the better. I was like, dude, this, I mean, I, as great as Halo is, I mean, I didn't think Doom 3 was ever better than Halo. I just felt that Doom 3 just puts it right up there with Halo. Now, Doom 3 came out in 2004. It's a survival horror first-person shooter game. It was developed by ID Software, and it was published by Activision. It was originally released, of course, on the Microsoft Windows. Again, it was on the PC first. It came out August 3rd, 2004. That's how I was introduced to it. I was introdu introduced to it by a friend of mine who's who's, um, who's still a huge... I'm not sure if he's still a gamer today, but I knew that growing up, he was always a huge PC gamer. He was always introducing me to games. He introduced me to Doom 3, like this, you know, this one, Doom 3. Introduced me to Half-Life 1 and 2, Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike Source. I mean... So many things he introduced me to. You know, he's actually the guy, you know, when I played Left 4 Dead for the first time, I was on the PC, you know. Ethan, if you're listening to this, buddy, thank you very much for being a good friend. Hope all is, hope all is well up there in Canada right now, brother. But anyway, back to Doom 3. In 2005, April 3rd, 2005, it was a, it was a release on the Xbox. I'm not sure why exactly... 
they waited a year to release it on the Xbox. There's a lot of reasons, but you know these are merely theories in my opinion. I mean, for me, it doesn't matter to me why it took them a year. It, what matters is is that it did come out. It did come out. And I want to spend a lot of time talking about Doom 3. Okay? Because Doom 3 is just so absolutely amazing. I mean, it's it's something that you've never seen before. And that's what you got to do. I mean, this is something you've, you've heard in pro wrestling. This is something you've, you've you've done in life. I mean, even as a sports writer. And especially when it comes to, to my podcasting with my soccer podcast. You have to create something that's never been done before. You got to do something new. You got to do something that's really going to take the world by storm. It's it, it's really going to change. You want to do something that's going to change their life. That's going to change their views. It's really going to impact everybody. And Doom 3 did just that. Because Doom 3 is set on Mars in the year 2145. A military industrial base setting up scientific research facility. You know, it's the UAC research facility that experiments and the studies of uh, teleportation, biological research, military weaponry, advanced military weapons designing, you know, a bunch of science stuff. (laughs) Of course, what happens in the game is that, you know, there's a invasion of the base on Mars. It's invaded by demons because an experiment with teleportation goes so wrong that it literally opens up a getaway a gateway, excuse me, a gateway to hell. I mean, that's just so amazing. The whole thing that happens in the game is because, again, you know, the base experiments with the experiments of teleportation. One experiment goes so wrong that a gateway to hell is open. Hell is totally unleashed. And the entire base on Mars is invaded. Everybody eventually dies. At the end of the game, the character you play as, which, by the way, is a space marine... Is the only survivor. And basically the, the objective of the, of the entire game. Okay. Now those objectives from each time. Like remember you would start out at, the, at this part of the base. There was Alpha Labs 1. Alpha Labs 2. Delta Labs which is so far in the game. I mean, I mean you really literally like walk. Dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of miles throughout this space. I mean this space is huge. I mean again this is 2145. And from what I learned from my friend who actually uh, introduced me to this game is that the base basically covers like 2,000 miles on Mars. So that's pretty freaking huge. But in this game, again, there's teleportation, there's, you know, ships, there's like there's a monorail. There's, there's lots of ways to get through the base. I mean, remember, you know, this is 2145. Technology, God knows how advanced technology is during this time. But anyway, the main objective of the, of the entire game... It's to fight your way through the base, and you basically you stop the de- you stop the demons bef- from not only attacking Mars, but the main thing is you got to stop them from reaching the Earth. Hm. I mean, if that's not a good plot, man, I don't know what is. Doom Three really just is just absolutely amazing. The designer, I believe, the dude's name is uh, Tom Willis or Willits. I'm not <laughs> looking at this. I'm like, yeah, Willits. Um, He's the former studio director and level designer of ID Software. Uh, as, as of uh, 2019, he's actually the chief uh, creative officer of uh, Saber Interactive. But Doom 3, man, you know, it was actually a first reboot of the Doom series. It, it actually ignored the events of the previous games based on my research. And actually, Ethan told me about this. Because Ethan played the first Dooms, if I remember correctly. 
And at first he thought that he was actually worried that the fact that Doom was not going to finish the events of the previous games. Because remember, he read, the re- he read the stuff before he bought the game. He was worried about it, but then really he's like, well, I guess you know, the way they did it, maybe he didn't have to. But Doom 3 was just such an amazing success. I mean, over 3.5 million copies of the game has been sold. It's considered the most successful game developed by IT Software to date. The the critics of the game, the critics of this game, they praise the game's graphics, which was just absolutely amazing. The presentation of the game is just absolutely astonishing. I mean, in this game, you can I think you carry up to like 15 weapons, like you carry a pistol, a shotgun, a plasma rifle, a grenade launcher, you know, grenades. Just unbelievable. A, a, a machine gun, you know, an assault rifle. Even a chainsaw. And of course, there's even your fist. Yeah. But, you know, and I should have mentioned, you not only fight demons in this game, but basically the entire staff of, the, of, of this, uh, of this space basically turns, they turn into zombies. Either they're killed by demons or they become zombified. Or they become mutated by demons because they're soldiers in this game. And when they're, mut- when they're mutated, you know, f- from the demons, they shoot at you. So. But man. Was this game just ever something? Unbelievable. Well, based on what, what I mean, okay. Apparently, on the Xbox One, it, yeah, okay, okay. Well, it says that it is a, okay. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I just got caught off guard because, you know, I, I pulled this and I didn't mention, but... It says an expanded and remastered edition entitled Doom 3 BFG Edition was released of the fourth quarter of 2012. While a version based on BFG edition of the game was released without online multiplayer simply called Doom 3 for Android in June 2015 and Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in July 2019. If that means that the game is on the PlayStation 4 and it's available for purchase, then you're damn right I'm going to buy this game. Let's move on now. Let's move on to Call of Duty. The piece de resistance of the first-person shooter game, especially for me. For me, I started out with Call of Duty Finest Hour. Loved it. Okay. If I remember correct, correctly, it was Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare, the first one, that actually introduced the uh, online multiplayer. Well, at least uh, the online multiplayer. I mean, that's what kind of put it on the map. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. It's just that I didn't actually get on. I didn't get into the online multiplayer Call of Duty games until 2010. You know, when a friend t- promised me that that it would change my life, and after th- for so long, because you know, before that, I never had Xbox Live. I never really thought to uh, connect my my uh, system to the the internet. But you know, believe it or not, even my mom suggested it. I mean, believe that. I mean, of all people, my mom suggested, yeah, do do gaming online, Alex. You'll like it because, you know, one of her friends says her son does it and he loves it. So, I mean, what was confusing for me is that growing up, my parents were always annoyed that I prefer to stay inside and play video games rather than go play outside. And now all of a sudden, I'm being encouraged, even by my own mom, who, by the way, I love so much. I mean, she's bought me so many video games. Keep in mind, folks, she actually bought me Call of Duty World at War when it first came out. <laughs> I, I guess she just decided, you know what? If this makes my son happy, then I then I need to be happy too. No need, no need to make him do anything else. All right. 
But that's just how loving my mom is, and the same thing with my dad. So I really believe my both my parents went out and got it. If y'all are listening to this, I love y'all. And thank you so much. But anyway, so for me, Call of Duty was... I was in it for so long. Call of Duty World at War, I loved it so much. I think Call of Duty World at War was basically what really wanted me to get into multiplayer, especially because uh, with the zombies. But, you know, got Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, then Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3... You know, Black Ops, I mean, all these games were just like, man, this is so freaking cool. Now, mind you, I was always horrible with multiplayer, especially with, you know, Team Deathmatch, you know, Free For All, whatever you want to call it. I was never capture the flag kind of guy. I always wanted to, like, you know, it's every man for himself or, you know, it's team, you know, we're as a team, we got to beat the other team. That's kind of like what I am. But I, I was always the kind of guy that was known for being killed the most and not getting too many kills. I felt like getting kills was something rare for me. It was a rare victory, but I took the game seriously, but I, I just, you know, knew, knew that even though I was not good at the game, I knew better, really, than to have uh, rage incidents, but, uh, yeah. But before I want to get too deep into the, my experience with Call of Duty, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. I will see y'all in 90 seconds. And ladies and gentlemen, I am back, and to pick up right where I left off, it's me basically confessing to everybody around the world that I, Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, was never very good at Call of Duty Online Multiplayer. You want to know what the truth of the matter is in this case, folks, is that I was always praised, and I am not kidding you. I swear to you, not blowing smoke up anyone's butt... I was praised for never leaving a team, for never abandoning a, abandoning a game session, no matter how terrible I was. I mean, I'm not even kidding you. Players from around the world would say, well, even though you got killed you got killed 30 times, only had 6 kills, we're actually very grateful that you didn't abandon us. And I said, well, this is just a game. I mean, what's the point of you know going on such a rage just because you're not, you're not having a good time with this game? You're not having a good uh, streak. Streak. I mean, I understand. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the experience points, the unlockables are, are very important to some players. And obviously, there's gamers out there that take Call of Duty, that take not only Call of Duty, but gaming 100 levels times, 100 times more seriously than me. I totally understand that. But, but for me, I'm just, ha I'm having fun. Okay. And, you know, and I feel like, you know, having a rage quit, you know, doing rage quits, you know, ironically, this is what the show is actually called. Having rage quits is really going to kill the fun. And I was not all about that, y'all. I was not all about that. I was just about, you know, loving Call of Duty, you know, playing it. Now, the one thing the Call of Duty player that everybody needs to know about me was that the campaigns were of major importance to me. It was because, you know, I feel like, you know, if you play the, if you play the campaigns, you're introduced to the weapons. If you know how to use them, that, that, that's actually going to give you an advantage in multiplayer. And it certainly did for me. Okay. Because I did gradually get better with multiplayer. I mean, I would... Sometimes, you know, after a while, I would get at least 20 kills. I mean, I would finish with 20 kills and getting killed, you know, 35 times. But at least I was... It was better than, you know, having only 6 kills and getting, and getting killed 30 times. But... And honestly, it's because, you know, the campaigns, you know... I, I love stories. I'm a storyteller. I love listening to stories. So I felt like, you know what... Playing the campaign and, you know, and paying attention to every little detail as far as the story goes, that's just kind of my thing. And I felt like that would actually help me enjoy the game even better. 
I mean, come on. If you're going to invest 50, 50 to $60 on a game and then invest even more money for these maps and things like that for, for multiplayer, you might as well have a passion for the game. You might as well have a huge loving for the game. And you might as well keep it at a high level, right? I mean, if you're going to invest money, you might as well have the passion. Other, otherwise, what the hell is the point? There is no point. So now we're not running up through Call of Duty. Now, I'm often asked which one's my favorite. Well... That's, that's, that's a tough one. Because, you know, for me, the Call of Duties that I enjoyed the most was, you know, it's from World at War through Black Ops. Black Ops 2, I don't remember it too much. I'm sure I did enjoy the game to an extent. I mean, I know that I did not enjoy the game as much as I did, you know, Black Ops, and uh, the original Black Ops, but... I don't know. I mean, I... I I'm not sure. Okay, you know, looking at the uh, these screenshots. Okay, I, I vaguely remember them, but I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I I must I must have played it. But but for me, as, as far as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I remember enjoying Black uh, the original Black Ops more than I did Black Ops Two. Hmm, you know, to be honest, yeah, I, I totally vaguely remember. Playing Black Ops 2, at least, you know, the campaign. I mean, it's just been so long. But then again, Black Ops 2, uh, I believe that that's the one where there's the map. We're near the Nuketown, you know. I remember seeing that in Indiana Jones, but... Yeah, I mean, my memory with Black Ops 2 is totally... I can't even say it was off, but... But I remember, but if I'm correct, I think the campaign... It follows up the story of Black Ops. It's set in the late 1980s and 2025... You switch through uh, two players, you know, Alex Mason and Frank Woods. But, but to an to answer the question, I mean, my my favorite's either gotta be black. I have to just go with the original Black Ops. I mean, that's it. So, anyway, but now I'm gonna go on a uh, on a pre on a pre Call of Duty uh, discussion now. I mean, it really doesn't get better than that, but, um, well, you know what, actually, no, before that, well, you know, I, I want to give the better answer, so, yeah, Black Ops is my favorite, but, but it was after Black Ops, you know, that's where I kind of stopped playing Call of Duty, because, you know, at the time, you know, I had been accepted, you know, to the University of North Texas, I was transferring, and I took my games with me, but I figured, you know, if I'm going to live in a dorm and have a roommate... You know, and since I, I didn't have my own TV, you know, it, my roommate actually had the TV. And I was like, you know what? I can't hog the TV from him. I mean, there's a lot of times where on weekends he was never at home anyway, so it was no problem. And, yeah, I'll admit, yeah, during the week I did not play. I mean, growing up it was actually a strict rule in the house. I was never allowed to play video games during the week, especially when I was very young. But, you know, during that time I was like, you know what? You know, I got to study. I'm, I'm at the university now. You know, I want to succeed. So, and I, and I want to get good grades because I promised my parents I would. So... So I did play Call of Duty a few times on the weekends, but soon, I mean, I kind of dropped away from Call of Duty, be and and the and I did have the regret for the longest time because I would ask myself, you know, how much stuff did I miss? But before I'm told is that after Call of Duty Black Ops Two, the Call of Duties after that were just average to just absolutely horrible. Even my brother Emmerich, who's a huge Call of Duty guy, I mean, even he would he would express uh, most dissatisfaction with the games after Black Ops Two, so. And from what I understand, you know, recently the Call of Duty uh, Cold War 
I've seen mixed reviews. Some people love the game. Some people hate it. Um, my brother, Emmerich, uh, says the game is very good, and, and he did suggest I buy it. He even offered, you know, to let me play it on his computer every now and then. But, you know, of course, you know, with my busy schedule, that's just uh, pretty impossible to do. Although, uh, I've been playing Majora's Mask. Uh, excuse, <laughs> excuse me, I've been playing The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess lately. and But, anyway. Black Ops 2, uh, excuse me, Cold War is still on my radar. Uh, even Wily, a.k.a. The Venom of Stare, to an extent, is suggesting I play it. Uh, and don't worry, if, and, and I know that you guys are listening... I'm definitely going to take your advice, it's just that I'm not sure when, but uh, but Wiley did actually say, well, Bear Man, better late than never. Because Wiley understands me. <laughs> As does Emmerich. I mean, even Emmerich would say, it's better late than never. I mean, who knows, maybe maybe 10 years from now, there'll be, there'll be remastered versions with even better graphics and better presentation, right? <laughs> anyway, so, and the, okay, you know, and I'm sure, you know, some of you actually wanted me to give my thoughts on the whole, uh, no Russian mission, which I believe was in Modern Warfare 3, I believe. I'm not... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember No Russian. Okay, I'll... yeah, Modern Warfare 2. I don't have a problem with the mission. I mean, I understand that people did, obviously did not like it. It was it, de- it definitely got some uh, controversy surrounding it. Because, again, in the mission, you're basically participating in a, in a mass shooting. Okay, in a freaking airport. So, yeah. But for me, you know... It's a game, again, I'm just like, whatever, you know, if it's part of the story, then, you know, so be it, and <laughs> it's just unbelievable, because cause I did notice when I did play a remastered version of Modern Warfare 2, I did actually notice at the beginning of the game, it, it gave me a warning about this no, no Russian mission, and I opted, now. No, let's not skip it. Yeah, I, I figured, yeah, I should have known it's Modern Warfare 2, because Modern Warfare 3 is actually the Call of Duty where Russia invades the United States. I mean, that's the one thing to remember, but... And both Modern Warfare 2 and 3 were both absolutely good games, as is the first Modern Warfare, so. The Modern Warfares were really the goats of Call of Duty, with all due respect to Black Ops. But Black Ops was was amazing as well. Anyway, now it's time to move on from Call of Duty and really kind of go on with first-person shooter games overall. The ones I remember the most, well, the ones I just spoke about, you know, Doom 3, Halo 1 and 2, the 007 games, you know, Agent Under Fire, Night Fire, they're all amazing. Okay, of course, you know, the games on the N64, but I want to talk about more of the games from, you know, my teen years to my adult years. Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 are both absolutely amazing. There's actually an episode on Left 4 Dead, just so y'all know. You know, lately I've not really been on the, uh, how should I put it, on the hook of uh, first-person shooter games. Again, you know, my time, you know, the, the time I get, you know, to get into gaming is really, uh, it's really regrettable, but again, you know, there's other things I gotta do. I mean, you know, playing video games is not gonna, it's not gonna pay the rent, so, yeah. There's a game like, you know, Far Cry, I felt like I should have gotten into. You know, there was actually, okay, well, actually, no. I was thinking, there was a game called Mercenaries, you know, the Playground of Destruction. <coughs> Excuse me. Came out in 2005. That's actually not a first-person shooter game. It's third-person shooter. But going back to all these games, you know, I'm just like, there's just so many of them that I've played. It's unbelievable. It's just so hard. It's so hard. It's, I mean, it's damn near impossible to really kind of know them off the top of your head. <laughs> I mean, even Wiley would have a hard time. You know, when it comes to playing the best games he's ever played in his life. 
You just don't know. There's so many of them. And I'm looking at the, the top 25, and I'm sure these are some of these I've played. <laughs> Payday 2. Nope, never played that. Never played Fear. And Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered. Yeah, that's definitely amazing. Yeah, Team Fortress, Bioshock. I mean, I bet Bioshock never played them. Half-Life 2. Um, Half-Life 2, I've actually never played the story. I actually played it on multiplayer. No, actually, I take that back. I did play a multiplayer uh, a few times with my friend Ethan, the same friend who introduced me to Doom 3, Counter-Strike, and all those other games. You know, th that's just a good friend that, that, that Ethan was, and he still is a good friend. You know, he was really, like, inviting me to, you know, get on, you know, you know he, he would literally say, no, you go ahead and play, because, you know, he would say, well, you know, I've got, I've got all the time in the world to play, so. <laughs> and he would, because he really wanted me to be in the games, and. And when I would play the story, of, uh, and I said, well, before I play Half-Life 2, shouldn't I play Half-Life 1? He said, well, this is multiplayer. I said, oh, I said, okay, okay, all right, cool. So I'll play multiplayer with you, but, you know, if you want me to play the campaign, then I got to play I gotta play the first one, for, the first Half-Life first, but... But, you know, this is a scam right here. Insurgency Standstorm, which I've never heard of. I mean, oh, this came out in 2018. I mean, keep in mind, from the years 2014 to about 2007, yeah, 2017 is when I bought a PS4 and went back to gaming, but from 2014 to 2016, I mean, I was absolutely rarely playing video games, but, yeah, so th th that's why some of these games don't come, you know, being familiar, but, but man, you know, Battlefield, of course, you know, how, how could I forget, I did play the, I did play the first Battlefield, but never got d too deep into it, but, I mean, looking at Borderlands, Bioshock, Wolfenstein, Me Metro, uh, Exodus, I mean, these are games that are apparently, definitely, like, look at, th these are basically games that are highly ranked, I mean, top top 25 best first-person shooter games of all time, according to Games Radar, super hot, I mean, that's ranked number 10, Apex Legends, yeah, never played these games, Black Mesa, Titanfall 2, okay, Half-Life Alex. you know, number 4, Call of Duty Wars, okay, well, Call of Duty Warzone, I mean, hmm, came out in 2020, so Doom Eternal is considered the best first-person first shooter game, huh, according to Games Radar, came out in March 2020, well, for me, folks, the fact that all these games in this ranking, like, some of them I've never even heard of, it's beyond me, so, I guess at this point, it's best for me to say that I am definitely a first-person shooter guy. But based on my history and my experience, I'm too old school. Like, I've missed I've missed out on too much. Like, I need to be... How should I say? I, I, I need to get clued in. I, I've got a lot of catching up to do. Like, somebody needs to clue me in to these newer first-person shooter games. You know, I'm, like, way too old-fashioned. Like, I, I'm unaware. I'm basically an unwashed mass. <laughs> if that makes any sense, but... But at this point, I mean, somebody will say, yeah, Alex, you are way behind. You have missed out on a lot of things, buddy. But, uh, again, you know, of course, with how I'm working so hard, I mean, you know, I, I, I never have time to sit down and play video games because everything I'm doing with my podcasting, my writing, but the first-person shooter games overall, and as I close this out, is, and this, one of my friends actually asked me this, like, some, like, he says, Alex, Playing a first-person shooter game, did you ever have the urge that you feel like you are a Scarface in that famous scene in the movie Scarface? I'm like, are you talking about 
Do I feel like, you know, just saying, say hello to my little friend and then shooting everybody in a game? <laughs> he says, that's exactly what I mean, Alex. I said, well, not exactly because I've never actually felt like Scarface in a game. Not even in a zombie game because I've never been in that situation when I'm being attacked by so many people at once that you just take the gun and say, say hello to my little friend. You know, speaking of that, there's actually a game, there's, there's actually a game, it's called, it was called Scarface, The World Is Yours, I think it came out 2005, 2006, never played it, I've seen some gameplay, but, uh, I mean, playing first person shooter games, sometimes you really do get, the, the, adre- the adrenaline really kicks in, the goosebumps are, are forming, and you really are into the game, like, yeah. Yeah, you do feel like you're you're really there. You're really fighting for your life. But I've never really had the feeling like I'm Scarface. I mean, I don't know if I should be disappointed in that, but no. But to answer my friend's question, if some of y'all are wondering, I've never really taken it that far. Ladies and gentlemen, Rage Quit is available to you on all stream, excuse me, streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and hell, you can even find it on YouTube. Thank y'all very, very much, and I will see y'all next time.